This episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino urban-inspired streetwear. Visit santos-threads.com. You are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 38. Once again with you, feeling great. Once again, your host, Santos, proud owner of Santos Threads, back at you. I have a very special guest on this episode. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, glad to have this guest, this person here who's going to be joining me. First of all, first of all, make sure you guys follow me on social media, of course, on Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, as well as on TikTok, uh, Santos Thread Shop. And if you're watching on YouTube, please, it costs you nothing. Share, comment, um, get, hit a nice subscription, you know, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let me know your thoughts on this video. We always give you, you know, that content that you guys want to see. So, and uh, and here, so by all means, it costs you nothing. The Santos Says Podcast uh, YouTube channel. And off we go. So with me, without further ado, uh, my guest is... An artist, she is a vocalist, a singer, songwriter. She's super talented. Uh, she is from Arizona, the state of Arizona. And of course, it's uh, it's really great to have her here. She's talented. She's going to talk about where she comes from. And um, she's going to also get into what some of her history. She has an EP coming out, guys. So definitely we'll talk about that. Her name is Lisette Arenas. Some people may call her. We set arenas, but um, definitely happy to have her here. And without further delay, I'd like to welcome to the show, Lisette Arenas. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Santos. Like you said, this has uh, been in the works for a little while. And so <laughs> it's really exciting to finally be here on the go. show. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you for having me. Here we go. All right. I can hear you now. Perfect. Yes. Yes. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Long Thank time coming. <laughs> it's been a long time, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and for not giving up on this uh, moment. For, for no, this, of course not. Of course this not. is important to me. So thank you so much for having me. No, I appreciate you. It's important to me as well because I, I see the talent. I see what you do. And definitely, I, I'm like, I, I got to have her. I was like, you know, and we were able to make it work, the schedules and everything. So I... I mm. um. I almost had a time zone gaffe, but I actually did have a time zone gaffe. It's my fault. But um, we're here. I'm sorry, because I can only imagine, like, after finally making it work on your end, how it must have felt to be like, wait, where is she? Like, why is she waking up? So for that stress, even though, yes, there was just a little bit of a misunderstanding. um, Yeah. yeah. No, No, listen, totally. Look, that's uh, misunderstanding. Me, <laughs> I know you're being nice, you're being kind, but it's me that not paying attention to the fact that you don't have daylight savings time no, and the difference yeah. of hours. So that added to another, that added another hour. To, anyway, the difference, as you know, I'm, I'm in New York, you're in Arizona. I'm so, in Arizona, yeah. And, absolutely. And yeah. No, it's, the, it's, it's great. It's definitely great. So let's get into it, right? Yeah. Um, You've been making the rounds. Um, and we will talk about, as I mentioned before, we're going to talk about your, your EP, uh, yeah. Blue, which is coming mm-hmm. out next month, right? Yeah, April yeah. 22nd. 
April 22nd. Okay. 22nd, <laughs> got to get that. Um, let's talk about you, your beginnings. Obviously, I was able to research a little bit about you. I see that you are from, um, you were born in California, but raised yeah. in Arizona. That's talk right. To, talk to us about that. Yeah. So my parents are um, immigrants from Mexico. They're from different states of Mexico, which by the way, can we, can we do a little Spanish on the Santo? Claro que sí. Claro que sí. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Claro. Um, so the, uh, my parents are from, my dad is from Nayarit. My mom is from Chihuahua and they met in California. They met in um, basically in the Burbank area of California and they fell in love. They met at like a church youth group at a Santo Rosario in California out there. Um, they got married and then they had me and my siblings. Um, and then they decided to move because I mean, that area, um, I remember my dad still tells this story of like the reason, the motivation that really brought him to like, let's go somewhere a little quieter was apparently there was just a lot of gang violence around our neighborhood. And apparently I came home from preschool or whatever and said the F word one day. And he was like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's the story he sells. I don't know how true it is, but um, yeah, we came over here when I was, uh, just turned five years old. Um, and so my, my siblings really only grew up here in Arizona. I, I consider myself an Arizonan, um, because okay. this is, this is where I made my life, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I come from very hardworking family as, as our Latinos tend to be. Yes. And so, um, We've been out here and my parents have given us everything they possibly can, you know, so. Yeah. No, listen, yeah. It's, it's the story. We've seen countless stories of that, right? The stories of, of perseverance. Um, For sure. For the Latinos, the Latino experience, the, the immigrant experience, the experience yeah. of perseverance. You know, you're going, you're leaving your homeland and then you're going to another country with a different culture, different language, despite yeah. the distance, right? Obviously it's close. Right. Yeah. It's close in distance, relatively speaking, but it sure. shouldn't be any more different uh, oh, than Mexico in the United States. Absolutely. Oh. And I think that one of the things that made um, my parents uh, thrive, I would say, um, despite the fact that they were so disconnected from not just homeland, but like you said, culture, where we ended up moving into, um, where we kind of established ourselves initially in Arizona was Buckeye, which is a... Um, especially at the time, I'm not trying to age myself, but at the time it was very um, farm land, um, right. lots of cotton fields, a lot of cow farms. Um, and so it was very, um, it was Latino, but not, if that makes sense. Um, so what happens like in most places, you know, little people group together and they had a, a church community there that was all Spanish speaking. And that's who we grew up around. Um, in fact, I definitely feel like that experience of having like school life be English speaking world, but then all of my social life was involved with church and all of that being hundred percent in Spanish. I definitely believe that that's the only reason why I'm bilingual today. Um, because amazing. there, there weren't, I mean, I, I, I experienced a lot of times, you know, being a Spanish speaker, that kind of, um, behavior of like don't speak spanish in school like right, right. yeah mm -hmm. so um like i said if Thank it wasn't for the experience outside of that um i i don't think i would have been able to maintain my bilingualism 
Yeah. And I, you know what? That's an important thing what you, what you talked about because I love stories like this. These are the kind of stories that have always been a motivation for me doing this podcast because, like, for me, it's never been just about one thing. Like, this whole thing has always been about but connecting, whenever connecting with, with people such as yourself, it's always been about telling your story, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a, a theme. That's a reoccurring theme, just yeah. having that experience of, hey, bilingualism. Um, making sure that you you know the struggle sometimes of like hey I'm too Mexican for certain kids yeah right, yeah. right? too Latina too Mexican for certain kids mm-hmm. and then and then for certain Mexicans or certain Latinos I'm not Mexican enough or Hispanic enough yeah totally them. yeah it's it's definitely something that I think a lot of people experience and resonate with and um, I definitely felt that i mean i de- i remember growing up and thinking like my dad saying tu eres una chicana and i'm like no i'm not ew don't say that i'm a mexicana you know but now i probably own that title yes i am a chicana i am i am somewhere in the world between both you know um and uh i definitely saw myself more connected to the immigrant Latino family um, because that was my family. You know, my family, although, yes, they worked, my mom um, worked in different um, judicial systems as managers and things like that. My dad did construction. And so we were just always around people who looked and sounded like us. And I think that was really important, um, especially because, like I said, as I started to grow up and started started to look at other avenues like my education and things like that, um, I always felt like there was at least somewhere that was a home for me, you know, um, at home. And if I was ever in an institution or in a space where it didn't feel as welcoming, at least I knew I had a place that I could go to where I was understood or where I was represented. So, yeah. It's always felt, you know, when you're at, when you're a kid, you're always looking for that acceptance. You know, you're looking for that those commonalities. And I think that <clears throat> it's interesting what you say about how, yes, you knew that you were Chicana, right? But you felt just as Mexican as even your parents did. Sure, yeah. Legit. Like, and so there's something to be said for that. I guess just kind of paint the picture as far as culturally how you grew up. But what were the some because you know that the, right the Chicano experience is it's a little different right you you have yeah, different influences but explain the traditional aspect of how you grew up. Yeah, um, well, I would say that, for example, um, food food was a hundred percent what my mom grew up eating and making and what my dad grew up eating and making in their respective countries. And so like, yes, eventually, like I honestly think I was maybe a teenager where I, where I remember eating things like spaghetti, but everything at home, llevaba sus habichuelas, como dicen algunos, o sus frijoles y su arroz. Um, Y había algún guisado of some kind, siempre con tortillas o de harina o o de maíz, siempre salsa. O sea, it was um, something that always connected us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 
Y pues aparte de eso, I did have the um, privilege of having my mom's side of the family in Arizona also. So habían conjuntos, reuniones, fiestas, and it was family. And we were always around cousins, always around tíos. And there was always this kind of, and not, not just in the immediate sense, but like I said, in the extension of the church family that we were around, like I considered them family, you know, and they treated us as such. Um, my dad, if we, if he ever had to drop us off or we were hanging out with a family group or something, siempre les decía, te los dejo con todo en alga. Excuse my, my French, no, but no, they, please, go ahead. you know, like just saying like, yo, my kids are your mm -hmm. kids. And if they're acting up, like you have a right to put them in their right. place, you know? And um, so it was just this, this feeling always of, having elders that you respect, having a community that supports you and that's there for each other in all moments of need. And so I, I would like to believe that that was absolutely a, a kind of extension of how it is in their communities back in Mexico, in Venezuela, in, you know, um, other South American or Central American countries. And so, um, I just feel like it was always around me and music was obviously a really big part of that too. And that's great. That's, that's a good segue. If you're talking yeah. about music, we're going to get right into music. Um, yeah. So then you coming up, right? You coming up, you have that influence. You have the traditional uh, music. I'm sure you grew up with some of the traditional music uh, yeah. from Mexico, from your parents, right? So then yeah. at what point was it that you fell in love with R&B or soul music? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because I wish I could tell you that I, I was one of these kids who grew up and like blasted it on the radio or listened to it when the songs were dropping. But as the oldest daughter of my siblings, I'm one of four, um, yo era la la primogenita y la responsable for the outcome of my siblings. Mm -hmm. so, That's um, how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, although we all grew up in the same household, we all have very distinct uh, experiences. And so, for example, I didn't grow up listening to like the regular radio. The only music that I grew up listening to was church music. And that was like literally cassettes and CDs that my parents would buy when they would go to conferences and stuff. So I really didn't have a good, uh, I could say childhood experience with confronting R&B or listening to hip hop, um, not in any negative way, but just like it wasn't something that I was always around. So it typically started off really secondhand, like kids in class talking about songs or um, mentioning something. And obviously back then, like, I don't remember having dial up till like early high school. So it's not like I could Google something and try to listen to it, you know. Um, but I, I will say that probably in my later high school years when um, I finally had my own cell phone and I was having friend groups that were outside of my church um, that I started to listen to music um, by, I'm trying to think at that time, you know, um, Beyonce was really big. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, who was this group that... I think was part of the like making a band, but the girl group. No me, no me Vanity Kane. 
Danity Kane. That was big, right? So it was more pop than R&B. But as I got older, um, I started to venture into the jazzy sounds of pop. And that's kind of what drew me to like the Jill Scott, the Floetry, um, to even me dicen también siempre que uh, recuerdo de um, Erica Badu. Um, I started listening to some of these artists that were, who had like just such passion that I'd heard in Spanish music, but in English there was great lyricism. And I just loved, I was always drawn to kind of those jazzy half-step notes. And so um, I just remember probably in my early 20s really starting to create playlists and listening to that, you know, as I worked or something. So, you know, yeah. and it's interesting you you bring up those references because those are the same, those are the same people that I could, you know, I, I listened to your music. I studied your music, not just once. I went over your music several times okay. since before I was trying to get you, right, to, to connect with you, right? Yeah. And I, I was, first of all, I was blown away because I guess like my my palette for music is very similar to what you sing. So, oh, okay. you know, I love hip hop. I love, you yeah. know, Latin music. I love reggaeton. I love all kinds of stuff. But I yeah, love, yeah, yeah. I love that those jazzy notes the and, and just like your the voice. So that was I was taken by by that. I was taken back by that, by your voice. I heard your voice is very distinct, but I could hear the influences of the individuals you mentioned. Yeah. So, it was just so, I guess what I wanted to say is it, stand, it stood out. Like, it really stood out. Were you cognizant of that? Like, was that something that you said, hey, I have to stand out while, while you started to get into music and, and wanted to start to make it? Um, You know what? No. It was actually a sound that I, it's so funny, but gosh, 10, 12 years ago, it was a sound that I had even then when I was starting um, to do kind of like solo church singing. Um, and it was a sound that I wrote to, it was a sound that I wanted to sing, but that at the time wasn't really hitting, if that makes sense. Even though I was writing church music um, in, in my little church group, it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of different. Like, where does that come from? You know, how does it fit to this very contemporary sound, which is what was really big back then. Um, and so um, once I kind of stepped away and just focused on um, getting my education, it, that kind of sound just always stuck with me. It felt the most uh, authentic to me. It felt the most um, genuine and like what my voice wanted to do as opposed to what I had done um, growing up. And so when uh, originally when Dan Eccleson reached out to me to attempt to write a hook for one of his songs, um, I just went with my gut and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to write what, what kinds of messages come to me when I write and I'm going to sing it the way that it feels like it should be sung in my voice. And if it resonates with him and it's something he wants, then cool. And if it doesn't, like I keep living my life, which is still a really freaking good life. So, you know, I, I really took a chance and, um, and I was really excited when he was um, very complimentary and very like, yep, that's exactly what I, I didn't know that that's what I needed for this song, but that's exactly what I needed for this song. And, um, 
And yeah, ever since, I think just having a circle of artists that are really supportive and who I really admire in their own craft, who respect me in my own craft as well, has just kept me feeling like, just keep being you, just be yourself, because literally, this is the time to connect with anyone who wants that, you know what I mean? So um, I, I, I'm excited to find those groups of people who, like you said, um, kind of gravitate to that kind of sound and that kind of music. Yeah, I mean, what I, you know, obviously, I noticed that. And I felt like, you know, this is very much what we're missing in today's day and age, not to kind of you know, whatever. I don't want to put people down as far as like what's going on now. We can't, right? But we can't do that because it, it's all subjective. Music is subjective. Musical taste Literally. is subjective. Yep. But we need that that soul, that essence cannot be missing and we cannot let it disappear. Yes. So, so I beg of you to not let it disappear. Thank you. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I promise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's something that I definitely long for as well. So to be able to create it um, is just really, really exciting, especially because, like I said, I'm I'm in a place now where like my life has settled in a really great space. I'm married. I have my children. I have my career. Um, I'm conscious about the ways that I move in all of those areas. I'm very cognizant of my responsibilities, but also I'm in a space where I can lend some space for myself, where I can reconnect with the parts of me that are also important, which is the creative me, the the me who wants to just sing music that has a sound, but that also like, I think something that I yearned for for a long time was like, connection and community again. Like I want to sing songs that make people feel connected to that moment, to that memory, to that experience, um, who help them process, heal, relive, love. Like that's the kind of music that matters to me. And so I'm really excited that I, um, am in a place where, like I said, I'm, I'm surrounded by a group of people who are like, yep, do that we got you. We're supporting you. So, yeah. No, and listen, and that's great. And um, so I guess with that, we'll, se- we'll segue into, talk to me about UMG Music. Yeah. So um, Dan Nicholson is um, not only the creator, but he is um, our head of Underdog Music Group um, out here in Avondale, Arizona. And um, it started out with himself and a long-term um, friend, brother, I would consider them brothers, um, Jimmy the Gent. They're both incredible lyricists and rappers. Um, and then I kind of came in as the vocalist. And now we actually have um, another rapper who is from Maryville in this same area, um, A-R. It's A-R, but A with a dash, R. And um, it's been just super cool. I mean, I... I have so much respect for them. I think one of the biggest things that I see that is really important to me is that like, we're all grown. We all have our families. We all have our responsibilities. And so we move like grown folk. You know what I mean? There's no room for, yeah, for, um, you know, not trying to be clear with communication with not trying to, I mean, all of that is just kind of 
already a part of this package because of where we're all at in our lives. And, um, and it's just so much love. There's so much love. There's so much support. Um, and honestly, like there's never a time when I'm not geeked out to hear from one of them to be like, yo, I have a track. I need you to like, listen to this really quick because I think you're going to sound dope. And then I'll listen to it and I'm like, they're right. I can't wait to write to this. And so it's just like this energy of, of, doing what we do in our own little lanes in our in our own respective musical space, but like doing it also with momentum and with each other. And so it's really, it's really good. Yeah, no, definitely. And one of the things I wanted to mention, because you did mention Jimmy the Gent and um, the other individual as well. Um, I forget his name, but I, th- there was a few, there was, it was him. Yeah. Jimmy the Gent, Ben Nicholson and yeah. AR. Mm-hmm. Those guys are super talented. And I heard, you know, I heard their music and I, I had told you offline, I, they sounded like they were from New York. Yeah. The way that they rapped. Yeah. Because I guess you could hear like the influence. I, I was like, oh, these guys are from New York. So I'm like, right. oh, cool. Um, You're like, nope, they're from Arizona. But they're from I was Arizona. like, oh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, that's not, trust me, I'm not, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying like, oh, of course. that's cool. And yeah. I was, and so I, I heard, so I heard your tracks that you had together mm-hmm. and before I get into those, I just want to mention that song, let it be is just crazy. Oh, thank you so Great song. much. Thank Great you. Great song. Where did, okay. So who wrote that song and where did you come up with the idea for it? Yeah. Okay. So after doing my feature, my first feature on um, Dan Nicholson's album, um, Imperfect Picture, the song's called Blessed, um, I he was like, all right, like I think that this should be something that you do. Like I want to actually sign you to my label. This is what's going on. And he sent me some beats. And I told him like, look, like I'm looking for, like I don't know that I'm necessarily like when I consider music that I make, like a super heavy hip hop beat. Like I'm considering something a little bit more melodic. Um, yeah. And so he sent me a few tracks. The track for Let It Be was the only one that landed, if that makes sense. Like it landed with me. Yeah. And um, and I knew that when I heard it, uh, my grandma had actually um, only passed away maybe about six or seven months prior to that. I'm sorry to hear that. And thank you. Thank you so much. And it was... Um, I felt like I needed to, if I was going to come back to music and have a name, like my own little name being my little artist name, then I needed to make my first song a tribute to her and to that grieving process. Because like so many people, when you lose someone that you love, um, that grieve can come in waves, you know, some days it's in, in one way and other days it's in another. And so I came, uh, we actually met at Dan Nicholson's tattoo shop because he's actually an incredible tattoo artist also. And we played it and I gave him my idea. I said, look, this is what I want it to be about. Um, I want to talk about not just the grief and the moment of missing her, but also that kind of spiritual struggle as well, that struggle of, man, like, how is this possible? How could this happen to probably the most faith-filled person I've ever met in my life um, in this way? Because I personally felt like I needed to process that out loud and and um, 
And so we sat and we kind of put together the ideas. I came up with the melody. He put words to it. And then it just kind of became this very fluid thing. Once the words started coming, um, I started taking them and, and turning them. And then it was just this kind of collaborative process. But he was absolutely a big hand in that. And um, it was written probably in that hour to two hours that we were together at that time. And um, and then, yeah, we decided to record it, um, I want to say, like a few weeks after. Um, and I knew, I knew the moment that I completed it, that I wanted the ending of the song to have her voicemail, a voicemail that she had left me a year before. Um, because one of the things that absolutely attracts me to being involved in music right now is the immortality of it. Yes. Um, and how my children and their children and their children will have access to a story that's being told through music. And so I always wanted her voice to live on forever because I needed that. You know, I, I wanted to grow old, always being able to hear her. So um, he, of course, was 100 percent supportive with that. And um, and yeah, it was released in April of last year. So almost a year as well. You know, so I heard it and I. I felt like that's why I knew I had to ask you about it because I felt like there was a deeper meaning to the mm -hmm. song. When I heard the voice at the end, I wasn't quite sure at first. And then, you know, the significance of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I heard it and I, I it hits you. Mm -hmm. It hits you mm -hmm. with that the combination of that as well as the the rhythm, the beat, mm -hmm. uh, the track. Mm -hmm. It just hits you. And then how you incorporated Spanish, I love that too. Like I Thank love you. that. I was like, how do you, you don't, you don't hear that. Like you mm -hmm. don't, you don't really see that. See this generation, obviously because as the generations go on, right? A lot of the Latino communities are becoming more Americanized, right? Yeah, as, yeah. as, as the lineage kind of goes further and further back, right? right. The generations. So. Um, I think this generation that's coming up now is more a lot more English based unless they're coming from the you know respective countries, right? Yeah. Or their parents. Yeah. yeah. But, so how you incorporated Spanish, it threw me off. I don't mean it in a bad way, it threw me off because sure. I didn't expect it. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, oh, you know, I thought, you know what? She gets it. Because mm. I was like, she's she's got more there than what people would think on the surface. And I really appreciated that. And I, and the story, I was like, I have to ask her, you know, yeah. because I felt like I had to ask you and it was really well done. Thank you. Thank you for asking as well. I think um, one of my hopes is that as, because uh, I, I still have never like performed it live, that specific song. And one of my hopes is that as, the EP rolls out and opportunities for that rolls out as well, that um, in my own way, I get to incorporate that and pay homage because I know I'm, I'm only like one of, I mean, so many people who lost really important people in their lives over the last two, three years with the changes of the pandemic and everything. And so just to like, as we reemerge into spaces where we are around each other again in music, like paying homage to those people you know that we lost and so i i'm hoping that i get to do that and and actually perform the song as well 
Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I love that song as well as a lot of the other ones. Obviously, the ones that I alluded to uh, with Dan Nicholson and mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy the Champ, and you know those songs. I mean, it, it was great. Like those, I was just hearing that, and, and because you could hear the the talent, you could hear the talent. There's mm-hmm. talent. There's passion, um, and all that stuff. So I just I thought it was great. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. They're incredible. I mean, it's it's so cool because like when we record together, like it's always one of those things where those of us that are outside of the booth are just like, what? Like how? Right. And then that person comes out of the booth and they get to experience that kind of awe and wonder because like at the end of the day, um, like we're we're connected, we're friends, um, and I'm, and I'm a fan, like I'm a legit fan yeah, of theirs. Yeah. So it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. And, and, and so we're also, I, I want to talk to you about what we hear as I look inside my notes, cause I was <laughs> notes and stuff. Yeah. So here's, I want to ask you this question because as a Latina who sings soul music, mm-hmm. I mean, R&B, soul music, pop, people like to put different categories into it. Right. Yeah, Talk yeah. to me, right? Talk to me about your experience as a Latina woman in in this genre, because I would assume that when people hear your music and they never see you, and then when they finally when they see your face, they see you, right? Mm-hmm. You're obviously Latina. Yeah. Right? Is there, what's the reaction? You know, I want to say that I'm I'm only now starting to um, experience or get some experience to reaction. So what I would say is that when people, what I've heard people say about when they hear me, not so much when they see me, but when they hear me, that they think Jill Scott, they think right, right. Erica Badu, they think other like there's been different pe- even other people that it came someone told me Amy Winehouse another person said something I can else. hear Amy Winehouse I was going to tell you that really okay yeah. so um yeah. obviously like people that like I absolutely respect um and and am a huge fan of myself and so it's it's a huge compliment to have anyone hear something and be reminded of someone that is so highly regarded um so that's what I've heard um people make connections to, but I haven't yet necessarily experienced like, what? And she looks like that. You know what I mean? Like I haven't been out to kind of catch that kind of vibe yet. Um, But I am, I am hoping that it's positive. I'm hoping that um, it is um, like a, a, an exciting thing or, or a feeling of like, um, oh snap, like, them Latinos got soul too, you know? That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's what I mean. More like, I guess like caught off guard, right? They're expecting, they would be maybe expecting an African-American woman, Mm -hmm. um, right? A a soulful African-American woman. And then they see, wait a second, there's a Latina. She sings like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a pleasant surprise. I don't mean, look, obviously not look like, oh, like the, digesting your, 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 what is it like? Sure, 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 sure. No, I understood. That's what I understood from your question too, was that, (laughs) wait, (laughs) she's a Latina. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's like I said, that finding out that I'm Latina is positive also. Um, I definitely think that one of the things that is, um, 
that is important always, especially when people make connections to different influences or people that they like or that they've listened to, is to always like remember that that is a huge compliment to be even mentioned in the same sentence with someone like that. Um, and also that like there's, there's, um, como lo estoy pensando, te pasa tantos cuando piensas en español, pero estás hablando inglés y como que Ay, te traba. Muchas veces siempre. Este es el <ríe> um, todo el tiempo, todo el tiempo. Estoy pensando en um, cómo todo nos, todo nos influencia, you know, everything has an influence, everything has a, a space and a dot. And just like one of the things that I would like to bring up as well is that, that, um, Igual como se oyen, you know, maybe you hear those sounds of Jill Scott or Floetry or anything like that, um, those influences. There's still also a very big influence in Spanish music as well for me. Like I haven't mentioned yet, but great storytellers. We're talking about Juan Gabriel. We're talking oh, about, yeah. you know, um, yes. Um, even now, some of the, the ladies that I listen to a lot in Spanish music would be Julieta Venegas, mm. um, be Carla Morrison, um, Mon Laferete, um, you know, you're, you're thinking of, or even like Chabela Vargas, older mm. than that. Right. So where you yeah. had the requintos and the, um, you know, the ballads, Las Baladas de Hace Tiempo, um, all of those kind of come in and mesh and mix and become something, um, which is to say that like at the end of the day, all of these people tell stories through their music. They tell stories of experiences they've lived, of experiences they've seen. Um, and that's the kind of music that I want to make. So anytime that someone even mentions someone, I'm like, yes, that's a, that's a win for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, and people are always going to, especially when there's a, a something that's unknown or Anytime you have the unknown, they're always going to look for something to compare it to. Oh, absolutely. I think that's natural. You know, yeah. I've been compared like, like not even just for podcasting, like anybody who's Puerto Rican from New York that even remotely, remotely looks like me, I get compared to them. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you for sure. Yeah, it's, so, it is a completely natural thing to do. Yeah. yeah, it just happens. It's what it is. It's just a natural thing to do. It's a natural yeah. literally. But you clearly have a distinct sound at the same time. So I think that's going to bode well for you. Thank you. Um, going forward. Now, let's talk about going forward, right? Yeah. Let's talk about, because you, you got it plastered on your social media. There's yeah. one word that I see everywhere. Yeah. It's the word blue. Blue. Talk talk to us about Blue. Okay. Blue the EP. Man. It's crazy. It's so crazy. So um as soon as we finished the um EP for Underdog Music Group, the one that we released last summer, I was itching. I was ready to like keep working, to keep writing, because that feeds a part of my person, you know, to, to just sit and listen and think and write. And so um, I bugged Dan Nicholson over and over and over and over again um, to, to just send him some, some beats. And so we actually got together, I want to say maybe September-ish. We got together, we sat down, we picked um, maybe 
four or five beats or whatever that we both were like, yes, that's the sound that like I feel inspired by. Um, and, um, it was very chill hop, literally sounds like a jazz band is playing most of the time. Um, and so I went home and I just started playing them. Um, blue is an EP it's five songs and it's an EP that kind of is a glimpse of my husband and I's relationship um, from like the very first kind of encounter, our first time hanging out to, um, to a few months ago, you know? And so it's, it's not the totality of our relationship, obviously. (laughs) Um, But it's really cool that like everything has a specific like era or a nod towards a time in our lives or a time in our relationship. And the other thing that, um, again, thinking about it, like I was writing it and I was thinking, honestly, I wasn't thinking that all of this was going to be behind it. I was, I was just writing it. I was feeling it. I was processing it. I was crying. I was laughing. I was, um, reliving so much, um, things, especially from like our early on relationship. Um, And then also thinking of like, wow, like I want to give this to him. Like I want him to know that this is kind of like a little snapshot of how I see our love story. Um, But then also thinking, oh my God, like my kids are going to have this, you know? And so it's, it's deeply personal. Um, It's a little intimidating. I'll have times when I feel like, oh, shh. It. like I'm really about to put all my business out there you know and um and it's also exciting but um yeah it it came together pretty pretty quickly I would say as far as um, the writing goes and um and every time I would finish something I would send it to Dan Nicholson and he's like what the hell yeah that's like amazing and so um I want to say maybe it took like a month to write. And as you could imagine, as we've even bonded over, like that was in between feeding the kids dinner, putting them to bed, doing my homework, listening to it, you know, it was, it was in between all the things that is our lives. And, um, and I think that made it that much more special to me because it was like, this is a part of my life, like literally in the hustle and bustle of everything. And so, yeah, I have um, a single that is that I'm promoting right now, it still technically doesn't release until the EP releases. Okay. But um, I do have um, a music video dropping very soon of the of the single "Shine On," um, so that if people want to listen to it on YouTube, they yes, can. yes, plug it, plug it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited. Yeah, no, that I mean that's awesome. So you got the single "Shine On," the EP. Yeah. Blue and the EP comes out on April 22nd. That's right. Friday, April 22nd on everything. So wherever you stream music from, you'll find it there. So, yeah, I'm really awesome. excited. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll plug all your stuff and the information on, on the Thank you. comments, on the descriptions, everything. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So before we go. Yes. Um. Any last words? Any any last uh, thoughts? Anything you want to talk about before you before we sign up? Last words. Well, just um, 
just in case anyone ever wonders and and um, is curious about reaching out to you or being on this platform, like this is legit. Okay, um, Santos is incredibly respectable, so professional. It's been such a pleasure to hear from you, to have you reach out, um, to connect with you. And despite all the different changes that we did and rescheduling <laughs> that we did, um, I always felt very, very um, comfortable and honestly really looked forward to finally getting a chance to sit down and, and have a conversation. So just thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this, um, for finally having this kind of conversation because it was long overdue. And um, and I look forward to just the connections that we continue to have. You know, Thank you so forward. much. So, no, thank, thank you. you so much. Um, listen, you're you're going places. Thank you. You're going places, honestly. And, um, you know, super talented. And also that mindset that the humility that you have is very, it'll, you know, you're already doing it. So you're, it's, you. it's, it's up, up, up. So you already know and, and all the best to you. And of course, we're going to keep in touch. We'll keep the connections going. Yeah. Uh, special shout out to everybody from the, the music group, UMG. Yes. Um, and, um, We'll definitely we'll keep in touch, and uh, I look. We're looking forward to seeing uh, the EP, the EP Blue, coming out on uh, April twenty two. Yeah, April twenty two. Um, yep. Then I'll just start promoting it on my Instagram, which is if I can plug yeah, la Lizette. Lo digo en inglés porque la gente se confunde. Claro, claro que sí. But it's L I Z E T H dot music. But all of my music is found under my name, which is Lizette Arenas, L-I-Z-E-T-H, Arenas, A-R-E-N-A-S. So. Perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. No, listen, Lizette Arenas, of course, um, it was a pleasure. Likewise. It was great having you on. We'll keep in touch. Um, look out for Blue. Blue is coming. I'm telling you, you, can, you can't miss it. It's, co it's coming. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be good. Looking forward to hearing that. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, muchísimas gracias. Y, a ti por tu tiempo. Sí, gracias. Mucho Bye. éxito. Muchas gracias. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was, man, I, that was really interesting. So, uh, wow. You know what? She's definitely, she's like I told her, she's going places. And I'll say this, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak with a lot of really good uh, interesting guests. And, um, this one is definitely up there on the list, um, as for one of the most talented, not only talented, but humble, great conversation. And, um, definitely looking forward to seeing what she has in store. Cause I know she's definitely, she's, it's just a story of perseverance and, and, and also just having that transparency, as she mentioned, as you guys are listening out there, that the transparency it's not easy to put your life on front street. And the fact that she dedicated an EP to, uh, to her life, a, a very important part of her life, um, her husband, the relationship that she has with her husband and uh, the family, of course, that is very, that can be a hard thing to do. And she should be commended for that as well, because it's not an easy thing to do. And she put it on front street and she was able to draw inspiration from it. So, um, I want to thank my guests. Uh, they said Arenas, of course, look out for her. The uh, EP Blue coming out uh, next month. 
422 on all audio platforms. And of course, uh, I want to remind you guys, don't forget to check out Santos-Threads because the spring collection is out right now. Check it out. And of course, follow me on social media, Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, as well as uh, TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. And as always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say what you chest.